Hello, and thanks for coming back. Mark and I are going to start the show with our usual snack. Today, it's going to be something that has a familiar flavor, but it's been made over with chocolate. And then we have a guest on the show, not in studio, for an extended Paranormal Corner, and you're not going to want to miss it, so stick around. And welcome back to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And chocolate! I want and, and your room temperature milk, although it's a little chilly oh. today, so it's been out for actually a couple hours, so I don't know how room temperature it is, but it's, it is still chilly. The milk it's is it's been out for a couple hours, <laughs> but yes, it is, it's still winter time, so well, and you know, chilly to us in California, right? <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you exactly what you've got going on there right. yet. I want you to see if you can, and yes, I by the way. I put them in the microwave for 10 seconds. Okay, I was going to say, they look like they're melted together or something. I put them in the microwave for 10 seconds because I think that chocolate is always better when it's a little warmer. All right. Um, But yes, 10 seconds, it did get a little melty, the ones on the bottom. But it should be delightful, I would imagine. I want you to tell me what you think it is. I think that you're going to get it. Well, I can. Oh, no. You know what? It's not what I think it is. Oh, now I do know. Oh, you know what? I don't know. Okay, why don't you try eating it? <laughs> well, I'm trying to identify it here before. Oh, so sorry. On the, on they the did first... get a little sticky. Yeah, so I got to get... Okay, now I know. Now I do know what it is. So at first, because they're the shape of Oreo... Oh, go ahead and, go ahead and start. We're talking. Do I have to stand here and admire you? Uh, so I thought they were Oreos because of the size of them. They're, obviously, there's some kind of cookie. Is this a store-bought cookie that you mm-hmm. dipped in chocolate? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I turned it over to look at the top, uh, I saw the crisscross type of top, and that's when I figured it was probably a version of Nutter Butter. Do you mean another another Nutter Butter sandwich cookie? Peanut butter. No, oh, sorry, I forgot the peanut butter part. Have another Nutter Butter butter, peanut peanut butter butter sandwich sandwich cookie cookie from Nabisco. And then uh, I just licked a little bit of the chocolate. And the chocolate tastes like peanut butter. I love you it. You got your peanut butter and my chocolate. <laughs> you got your chocolate and my <laughs> peanut butter. We're just doing all the things here. <laughs> Stick around, folks. There's more where that came from. I've never seen these before. Now, I love it because I because they normally they are a peanut shape, a nutter butter cookie. So, you know, it'd give it away. But these are round. They're discs. Right. Round. So, so this is a nutter butter then. It is a nutter butter. And I didn't dip it in chocolate. It actually came that way. And I've oh, never okay. seen these before. So this is this is store-bought chocolate it's a dip. store-bought chocolate dipped wow. nutter butter sandwich cookie. Look, there's your proof. But no, um, no peanut shape. Interesting. Now... For those who don't know, the Nutter Butter was a peanut butter shaped cookie, mm-hmm. and they have the and they have the old uh, you know the little commercial for it, the little animated commercial. Have another Nutter Butter peanut butter sandwich cookie. That's three times we've done that. But I know they should be paying us. They should mm-hmm. be a sponsor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give us a call, Nabisco, uh, on our listener line. <laughs> uh, they used to come the. In a, I think it was a plastic carrier with, uh, uh, what I'm saying, is it, it didn't come in a box is what I'm saying. It okay. came in a package, you know, plastic packaging over a hard plastic 
you know, thin carrier thing. You know what I mean? I, I used to get... No, <laughs> am I being clear? I hope you're all making notes on this because there will be a test. <laughs> but the whole the whole reason I'm getting to all this is that yes. the old style packaging that they used to have, because we used to get Nutter Butters all the time when I was a kid, the old style packaging is different than what they have now. This new packaging that you brought in, which we'll have a, a picture on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Snackalittle, that picture, that box right there, what does that box remind you of? Ritz. All right. <laughs> You're no fun. Wrong answer? That's the wrong answer. Okay. <clears throat> Let me get some milk while you... Animal uh, crackers? While you, while you <laughs> ponder again. No. Um, <clears throat> a, a, a red corset? <laughs> what time of year is this? What and kind? these would be like the boobs right here. What kind of... <laughs> and... <laughs> Winter... Coldness. What other cookie comes in a box that size? Little convenient, small to medium sized box. Peanut butter box? crackers. Oh my god! Well, Mark, just say I am it. Working Spit it out. With... <laughs> <laughs> what time of year is it about? Into winter, beginning of spring. Yes. What happens in the spring? What kind of cookies? Animals mate. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, I know you listeners know where I'm going with this. Peanuts are in bloom. Girl Scout cookies. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Do you never? Buy I don't Girl... buy Girl Scout icky Girl Scout cookies. Really? That's not totally true. I mean, I've bought them before when you just can't this like is say totally no. the Girl Scout. There, Nabisco is is honing in on the Girl Scout. Cookies. All that so that you can say it looks like a Girl Scout <laughs> cookie does, box. Though. No, this is clearly they are marketing this during the Girl Scout cookie time. And Do the they Girl have Scout a chocolate covered? Things. Peanut butter one? They have a chocolate covered. Is it? The yes. Same? Yes. Okay. It's not exactly this, okay. but it's close enough. But this is Nabisco trying to hone in on that by making the box because the they don't size. have enough millions. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is the, they've the, that's why they've changed it. Okay. In fact, look at look at look at the back of it. The back of it shows the, the peanut. Yeah. The peanut. Yep. The peanut shaped cookie. By the way, have you had the wafer ones? Product. They're good. I have not had the wafer ones. They're good. Oh, because I, li I like wafers. Yeah, try our other delicious varieties, and they have the family size Nutter Butter, which looks like it comes in the packaging, like I was talking about, <laughs> poorly. When it's not animal mating season. And the other, <laughs> and the other is, says, uh, looks like a wafer, looks like a, looks like a cereal bar kind of thing is what they're packaging. But uh, yeah, this, this box. It's peanut butter. I wonder if this box is the exact same dimi dimensions as a Girl Scout cookie box. <laughs> huh. Well, I'll let you take it home if you want. So that way when you buy some Thin Mints to have your, your Thin Mints. I lost my Girl Scout cookie connection. I My dealer aged out of Girl Scouts oh. last year. I think, was last year the last And year? she was the last Girl Scout. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there know, will be no more. Uh, yeah, I could probably just go down to the I'm local grocery sure store. Could, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to be out front selling the, the, the incredibly inflated prices. Come on, they're a little this messy, is... but everybody should melt their okay. Their chocolate covered. It, it is nice to peanut. have them a little bit melty. Yeah. Um, oh, this I got to tell you though, oh. I have not had a nutter butter in you know at least a decade. Mm -hmm. It tastes a little bit wafery. Not the not the cookie that I was expecting. Just a little bit lighter or something. It's really good. It is very good. I put your, it all day put long. your nutter butters in the. Uh... Gotta dig that. Put your nutter butter in the microwave. Trust me on this one. Not too long, you'll go blind. <laughs> yeah, these are all right. And you gotta have them with milk. Did you dip? No, I'm going to now, though. Okay. 
Mark's going to dip. That's so funny. I just thought, I thought, oh, I should dip I this. I mean, just if you're you having a hard that. cookie, you got to at least dip. <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> they have a hard cookie. Mark's you got to dip it. You got to dip it. Um, you know, folks, we are going to be having a guest, unfortunately not in studio, but I mm. wish that she was going to be in studio. We'd be sharing these with I her. I know. I mean, what the heck? That's what these people get for not coming to the studio. Darn it. And it's just a hop, <laughs> skip, and a jump away. Well, just. this is good. This is a very good uh, nutter butter. This is called uh, fudge-covered nutter butter. The peanut butter lover's, cho- lover's cookie is now what I call it. Anyway, and it says made with real peanut butter. Let me check the ingredients on that. Sugar, <laughs> unbelief flour. Uh... Vegetable oil, hydrogenated vegetable oil, and then in brackets says rapeseed. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, are we going to get in trouble for dinging rape? Uh, rapeseed, cottonseed, and soybean oils. They don't, they're like, ah, we don't even know what it is. It might be a three-in-one oil or it might be pins oil for all we know. And Anyways, very good stuff. So why don't you have another? <laughs> I, I, I've had two. I'm just saying, with all that, those amazing ingredients, <laughs> dig <right>. in. <laughs> Hope I don't get in trouble for the rapeseed. <laughs> okay. Guys, get ready for this. We're going to be having Rebecca Williamson on the air with us. She's the owner of the Cambry House and Farm, a haunted wedding venue outside of Nauvoo, Illinois. She's been interested in the paranormal her entire life and has nearly 20 years of experience doing paranormal investigations. Rebecca bought the Cambry house from her grandparents' estate in 2016 and hosts weddings and paranormal investigations there. And wow, I have so many questions because we've got some uh, overlapping um, similarities with the ages of our houses and some of the same experiences, I would imagine. And I can't wait to get into this. And we have her on the phone right now, Rebecca Williamson. Welcome to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. Hello, and welcome. From us Hi. <laughs> so I'm pretty well, thanks excited. for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty excited to talk to you because you and I have some things in common here. Although my farmhouse is not an Airbnb, this is a Jana B&B for me and the spirits. You have an Airbnb. But it's also a historically significant farmhouse. And I would love to get into the the details. And um, so I'm going to just tell you to take it away. Where did it all begin? How old is the home, by the way? Um, the home was built in 1867 okay. um, by, by French Icarians. So I was... You know, ask. Do you know who I, the Icarians were? I have were? no idea what that is. I don't either. <laughs> Did they come from Mars? Nobody does. No. <laughs> well, they came from France. Um, <laughs> so the Icarians, um, so they the were a French. Con- <laughs> Gosh. Right. Exactly. It's a communal society from France that was birthed out of the French Revolution, where they, um, when you think hippie commune, that was the Icarians. Oh, they had. Yeah. Um, and they like sold everything they owned. They donated all the money to the society, and then they lived in like these one-room apartment complexes um, and ate together in communal dining. And I mean, it was it was the original hippie commune. Um, wow! So the the Cambry family came over to be part of this 
communal society, the Icarians, um, and then they left after a few months and went out on their own and bought this farm, and then they built this home. So Adolph Cambry was a cabinet maker, and he built, like, several homes in the area. Um, the home that I own today is the last home that's standing that he built, but it was lived in by the Cambry family from 1867 until 1978. Wow, so it's got some history in the Cambry family. Yeah, there were four generations of Cambrys that lived on the farm, and it was a working farm and apple orchard um, from the 1850s until around the 1940s is when the apple trees kind of um, went by the wayside. Okay. Um, the last Cambry descendant to live in the home was a Presbyterian minister. And so he didn't, you know, wasn't a farmer, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it was a working apple orchard for a very long time. And then it, after, um, the last Cambry descendant, they sold it at auction and my grandparents bought it in 1979. Parents, they loved history and they loved antiques. So purchasing mm. the farm was kind of an extension of that. They never planned on living in the home. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what they bought it for. They bought it to preserve the history out there. I was going to ask you they, if they knew about the history. So this was well known. They didn't have to dig up anything or at least not much. Not much. Um, my grandmother didn't live very far away from there growing up. So when she was a little girl, she went out there to pick apples every year. So she had been out there as a child, Mm -hmm. and when she saw the auction notice, she said, I want to buy that place, and they, my grandfather wasn't as certain about that, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, you want to what now? And uh, they went out there, and it was exactly the way my grandmother remembered it from when she was a little girl, and there just are not many places you can say that about, you know, going back as an adult to some place you were spent time at as a child to have it be exactly the same. That's true. She was just blown away, and my grandfather fell in love with it instantly. He stepped oh, foot on that place and and loved it. And he he said, "Well, we're buying it." And <laughs> my grandma said, "This kind of looks like a lot of work." And anyway, they they bought it, and the rest is history. Um, they said about preserving the history there. Like I said, they just had this huge love of history, and so they did. They knew some of the history, but then they went through and did more research and more history. Um, like I have the whole Cambry family genealogy from all four generations that lived in the home. Um, that was actually written by um, the son of the man who built the home. Um, oh, I love that. I've not yeah. been so lucky with mine. It's uh, it's spotty, but you know, f- I fell down that rabbit hole and <laughs> to do a lot of research in order to have the, my home designated. Um, yes. You know, I'll tell you. It's what a I, lot of research. It is a lot of research. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating, though. Um, but it is. It, my, my experience with it has been, and this is very sad, and for any of you listening that are into this sort of thing and wonder about the history of your home, it seems as though if you have somebody who lived in your home who um, contributed a lot to that community, you're more likely to find more information. It's unfortunate, unless yeah. their family was really into the genealogy, and some families are. But I just got, got very lucky. And, I, and our houses are kind of, well, the, the Airbnb and my home are kind of similar. It's a, it's a simple, as Victorian homes go, it's a, it's a simple farmhouse. 
but it was good enough for the man that lived in my home right. for 28 years. Yeah. And that's one of the things about the what I call the Cambry house now is that it is simple, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it seems like there's basically plain woodwork, but there's just a little bit of curve to the edge that just gives it a nice, a nice feel. And all, the home still has all the original woodwork that was handmade by Adolph Cambry in oh, the 1860s. That. And, you know, it's just so well preserved. The home um, being lived in by the Cambry family for so long, they never remodeled it at all. And so everything there is exactly the way it was built one it, with the addition of running water and electricity. <laughs> right. Um, but but for the most part, you're, when you're in the house, it's like it was the day it was built. I'm just amazed that that uh, your your grandparents had such, especially your grandmother, such a love of the history of the place that when it goes up for sale, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a very practical person. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, my wife said, Oh, that one place, it's for sale. I know we have a nice house and everything, and we have a good living, and everything's going fine. Hey, let's invest in that old house over there. <laughs> but you never know. Sometimes they speak to you. I think it's great. Well, you know, I'm into the history. I have a, a historical house, but my house was built in 1953. Mid-century, so I'm a yeah. mid-century history. But, you know, and I've embraced it now and got more into it. But it's just uh, what, a, what a thing to do to buy one of your places that you went to as a child yeah amazing yeah that's a i that's great i think it's great yeah they they've they just set about preserving the house and my grandmother treated it kind of like a life-size dollhouse where they mm-hmm. they just filled it with antiques and kept it kind of like a museum but they didn't open it as a museum they um we had family gatherings and stuff out there when i was a kid if it was a really nice day we would be out there there are these really large, lush lawns that um, are wonderful for outside events. And we did a lot of those when I was a kid out there at the farm. That sounds amazing. And then every year, yeah, every year they would have a big craft show in the fall, two weekends of craft show. And um, a lot of wow. people in the area would hand make their crafts. You know, in the 80s, there were so many crafters around. Yes. And, and they would have these huge craft shows and and it was wonderful. We, I had so many fond memories of spending time out there with my family and then these craft shows and things. And then um, after my grandparents passed away, they were trying to decide what to do with this. And we had a realtor come in to kind of like, you know, give us like the, the whole walkthrough, like, well, well I think we're going to sell it, you know, and right. have a realtor come in and kind of you know, advise us a little bit. And uh, she came in and she says, oh my, (laughs) she says, anybody who lives in this is going to have to completely get this thing and totally remodel it. Wow. Yeah, I know. Because she wanted to make open concept, modernize it somehow, do you think? Is that, because I know that's a thing these days. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like, it's just, it's a historic home that has never been remodeled from the 1860s. Yeah. So for a modern family living in there, it would, it would definitely have to be remodeled a lot. Yes. Um, so yeah, it, the, the whole idea was just heart stopping to me to mm-hmm. think about this home that my grandparents had spent, you know, 20, 30 years preserving yes. to have it completely gutted and remodeled was just, I couldn't, I couldn't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here I am going through 
the loss of my grandparents. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing that. Right, right. <laughs> and so I bought it <laughs> and then said, oh, what did I do? Now, now what do I do? <laughs> now what do I do? What, I, so what wait, am I going to do with this? And so, I mean, trying to explain to your friends that you just bought a three-bedroom house that you can't live in is like. <laughs> yes. So buying, so like it's not that kind of house. I- impulse buying <laughs> historic homes to preserve them runs in your family, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, it's a genetic thing, apparently. <laughs> so you have mine beat. Mine is 143 years old, and yours is uh, getting a li- crawling a little closer and closer to 200. It's getting there. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. That is, <laughs> but fantastic. yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it's been. It's been an adventure. So, like, after I bought it, then I'm like, okay, well, what am I doing with this now that I've bought it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, over the years, um, I had a few cousins that got married out there. And it is really wonderful for all the outdoor events that we had as kids. And so um, oh, yeah. I had the great Reunions, idea to open it up as a weddings, wedding venue. Sure. Yeah. So that was the first thing. I was like, well, we're going to say it's a wedding venue. And I had this idea that, you know, when I started telling people I owned a wedding venue, that we would just automatically start having weddings. And um, that's not exactly how that works. <laughs> yeah. What did you know um, ahead of time about, uh, you know, a business, starting a business and running nothing. a business? Oh, so I'm, nothing. I'm, I'm I loving about. This. I'm loving it. Already I've like, been thinking, hey, I, I, I was a mail carrier a for the post office. Like, okay. I just delivered mail. I didn't know anything about owning a business. Yeah. But I just assumed that people were looking for outside wedding venues all the time. I mean, you always see people <laughs> getting married outside. I'm like, oh, yeah, this will be great. I'll just tell people I'm doing it. And, but you have to take some kind solid. of risks in life in order oh my to God. Tr- hopefully get ahead. I'm, I'm cracking up because your story, Janice, going, oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. And I'm over here cringing as a practical guy going, oh, but you didn't know anything. And then you win it. Oh, <laughs> there was there was. No no practicality about this at all. There was none. Oh, man. There was no, there was no practical thought here. That it was, it was like a fly by the seat of your pants. Like, oh, I bought this house. Now what am I going to do? But, oh, let's open a business. But, as, but as we've established, there's a genetic then, thing, and then there's also the sentimentality <laughs> of it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, nothing like buying a, a house for sentimental reasons. Uh-huh, so yes. then I had to, I had to learn how to like, kind of like market a wedding venue because uh, it, the house itself sits um, well off the beaten path. You don't drive by this house unless oh, you're really? actually looking Doesn't for it. Awesome? And even <laughs> then you will drive by it because it's, it, there's a very long lane and it's, um, surrounded by woods, and it sits above the Mississippi River. So, I mean, you, we're way out there. Yeah. <laughs> when you're out there, you're you're way out there. You, and so, yeah, nobody is driving by and saying, "Oh, that looks amazing." Right. Um, they're saying, "Where are you at now? <laughs> I can't find it." Wow. <laughs> I've been driving a so, long time. Um, are you sure it's on this road? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. At least three miles of gravel before you get there. Oh, okay. So yeah, way off the beaten path. Twisty gravel. Yeah, way, way off the beaten path. Um. So, so then, yeah, I'm like going through the house, and then everybody's like, "Well, now, when did you realize this thing was haunted?" (laughs) Because 
Um, if you notice, I haven't mentioned any ghosts in here yet. And yes. <laughs> so you didn't know ahead um, of so time. I did not. Okay. And and my grandparents had never said that this was haunted. This wasn't something that you know we were we were growing up and the, oh that house was haunted or anything like that. That was not anything that we had ever consciously thought about with the house. And I will say I didn't. It's been yeah. my experience. So I was always, I guess, open to the idea that there are things out there that we can't explain, having not experienced, except for a slumber party experience with a Ouija board where I was like, never again. Uh, <laughs> when we in all my do teens, that? Well, yeah. Yeah. So other than something freaky like that uh, and hearing some, um, I would say divine intervention or something that happened with family members. I certainly had a belief that there mm -hmm. are things that sometimes happen that you can't explain. But after living where I do, and I think you can probably relate with this, now I don't doubt that there are some things you cannot explain. And I think for people who aren't comfortable um, saying that, believing it, accepting it, I think that... Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Mart's more of a skeptic, <laughs> although he has experienced things at my place. But there are some people who right. wouldn't as readily talk about it. And um, so the yes. things that you or I might be more open to it now, I don't think everything I hear or see is a ghost at my house. Absolutely not. Most things are not. No. But no. And, you know, even, I mean, when, when you think back to the 80s and 90s, most people were not looking for ghosts. For um, sure. They were not open to the, even the concept of a place being haunted. That was just Absolutely. not something that was talked about or thought about then. And so then... I mean, I think it, people have really embraced it now. I mean, after the ghost shows on TV and sure. stuff, I mean, people are really starting to embrace that side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but back in the day, no. And I, looking back on it, we were definitely experiencing activity at the house. Uh -huh. But um, my grandparents always had said that, you know, it's an old house. That's just kind of what happens in an old house. We had doors that opened and closed on their own all the time. And, you know, it's an old drafty house. That's just what happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm going back at this from a paranormal investigator standpoint now, like there's literally no reason why those doors should open and close. Agreed. Like, Agreed. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like I can't make this happen. Like I can't, I can't, you know, if it was a draft, it would happen reliably. Like, and right. it doesn't. Like I can't, nothing I have done has made that door open, but it still opens often enough that we've caught it on camera a couple of times. So, see, that's interesting to me because my, my question to you was, was going to be if looking back is when you were a child, if you had experienced things that as a child, you didn't know how to, you know, define them, if you will. Mm -hmm. But now looking back, knowing that you have a haunting or whatever, that that's what those things were. So it's interesting to right. me that and, you said that. Yeah, like the basement door opened so often that if we were having a craft show or something like that, often they put one of us grandkids by the door to make sure it would stay shut. Because the, the basement, it opens right off the kitchen and they didn't want anybody to fall down the stairs. And so they stay by the door, make sure it stayed shut because it would constantly pop open. And they were just like, yeah, it's just an old house. And then hmm. the attic door um, opened a lot 
too, but they always blame that us on us grandkids. Like you opened that door again, didn't you? And like, no, I did not. (laughs) Or somebody must have opened that door. And, you know, again, all of this was brushed off. It was just, it's an old house. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That would be be my mother, who, by the way, is is still alive. She's 96. Initially, when I told her that it became pretty clear within living at my place a couple of months that that we're not alone here. And my mom was just her way of dealing with it is we just don't talk about it. But she's spent the night here a few times and has experienced. And now she's just like, yeah, well, sometimes people visit. And as long as you don't feel unsafe or like they're trying to chase you out of here, then, I, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, wow, that's a turnaround. Once you experience it and you can't explain Once it. you experience it and know that's what you're experiencing, then yeah, it's like you make the difference. And my family now that, you know, I've, you know, embraced the haunted aspect of it and we're doing ghost tours and stuff out there. My family has really embraced that. We got to go, Mark. Yes, it's definitely haunted. Well, so (laughs) Rebecca, when, when was, you know, so you, you know, your grandparents pass away, you have the ordeal with what to do with the house. You decide to buy it. When, what was the incident that happened that convinced you that it was haunted? The first time I spent the night there. So to back up a little bit, my grandparents didn't live very far away. They lived like 10 minute drive from the farm. So anytime we were out there and it was time to go to bed, we all just went and stayed at their house because, okay, you know. why why would we stay at this weird house out in the middle of the woods you know i mean (laughs) we're just going to go back to grandma and granddad so i've never really spent the night out there and you know i bought it and then we're like we're my grandparents had been in the nursing home for about six years before i bought it so there hadn't been a whole lot of work out there so i bought it and i'm like we're going to spend the night out here we're going to spend the whole weekend and get some work done and so my daughter was uh, eight at that time and she was like not interested in sleeping in that house at all. Like <laughs> we get out there and I'm like, okay, we're going to spend the weekend. And uh, you know, she's like, I, I apparently was really big until it was time to go to bed. And then she was like, what? <laughs> well, hold up. <laughs> we're going home now. And it's like, no, we're sleeping here. And she was just like very adamant that she would not sleep in this house. So is she an empath or a sensitive or, or just creeped out by an older home or or what do you think all that? She, she, I think she's more sensitive than she wants to let on. Okay. Um, she's, she's 15 now, but she's not embraced that side of herself, but she's definitely very sensitive. Okay. And, um, and so she refused to sleep in a bedroom. Like it was a hard pass. She was not going to sleep in a bedroom in this house, period. And we finally like came to a compromise. She was willing to sleep in the living room on an air mattress. And luckily we had this little twin size air mattress with us. And so, and she was not going to sleep in there by herself either. So I am sleeping on a twin size air mattress in the middle of the <laughs> living room floor with this little kid glued to my side huh. which i'm going to tell you right now does not make for a restful sleep <laughs> i'm sure and air mattresses are an yes. adjustment anyway yes let alone with a scared little kid glued to you I'm and sure. it, my sister had come with me and she was sleeping 
in a bedroom upstairs because there are beds and bedrooms and anyway so she's upstairs asleep but she had brought her puppy with her and her puppy was six weeks old so the puppy was still going outside in the middle of the night and so when she got up with the puppy she would come down the stairs walk literally like maybe a foot from my head go out the front door puppy does its business and comes back inside and so when she does this, I like I don't open my eyes and I don't move because I don't want to get the puppy going mm-hmm. and, and get the kid going. And, you know, so I'm trying to not get everybody worked up. But three times in the middle of the night, I'm woke, woken up, which, you know, like I said, I wasn't sleeping too great anyway. Yeah. Um, she came downstairs three times, goes out, does his business, and comes back in. And the next morning, I said, you know, your puppy did pretty good. You only went outside three times last night. And she says, no, we went outside twice. Oh. And I said, no, you didn't. I heard you. You went outside three times. And she says, no, we slept really great. I only went outside twice. And I said, no, you did not. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so we argued quite a bit. And we came to the realization that I really had heard somebody that was not her come down the steps and walk out the front door and come back in. Well, that just gave me a little shiver. (laughs) Yeah, same. It was like, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, my. Um, So then. And your your traumatized eight-year-old daughter is hearing this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we have to sleep in here another night. (laughs) Get used to it. Yeah, exactly. She still, she to this day, she does not enjoy <laughs> sleeping in any of the bedrooms. The living room is yeah. the only room that she really will sleep in. My this, sister does will not sleep day. at my house. My older sister will not sleep yep. at my home. Yep. There are just some people that, I mean, it's not like I'm having seances here, but, but wouldn't you say it is a little different? I mean, you put your money into something. It's like, well, where am I going to go? You know what? We just got to figure out how to, to live with each other and makes for interesting conversations. So there's that aspect. It does. <laughs> Absolutely. It does make for some interesting conversations. And so, you know, we realized that we might have some activity going on here. And I had a friend who was um, starting a paranormal team right around this time. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, I just bought this home and, you know, historic home built in the 1860s. I think it might be haunted. And he was like, I am there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he came out and investigated. And then that was the point where we really knew that we were having activity. Um, and to this day, he says that was one of the best investigations he's ever been on because we had so much activity. It was just, we had a cold spot that was so cold. The whole house was like right around 60 degrees and this cold spot was 20 degrees. Oh, wow. Um, And it it stayed there for like an hour. It would move around a little bit, but it was like a solid cold spot that we were able to register for over an hour. And... Mm -hmm. And that's it enough of a temperature crazy. difference that that would be, I, I believe, hard to explain. Right. Mark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Extremely hard to explain. I mean, and like the outside temperature on this particular day was 40, 40 degrees. Mm. 
So it wasn't like you could say, oh, it was a draft from outside because right. it wasn't even that cold outside. Yeah, right. and how long would a draft um, hover anyway, even if it was the same temperature? I love, right. I love yeah, that she exactly. says it was 40 degrees outside and then says it wasn't even that cold outside. <laughs> it was 78 degrees yesterday here in February in Southern California. And yeah, you were... <laughs> we're Illinois. We're Illinois. 40 degrees feels kind of warm. <laughs> and so do you feel like the responses that you got, we'll say with this first investigation, um, what would be your best guess do you think that you have not not having a complete i don't know if any of us have a full grasp or or comprehension of what happens when when you're having visitations or some kind of paranormal activity do you feel like there's um more residual like something that just keeps happening or or do you feel like it's making contact it's playful and it's just hey we're here what what is your sense there is a little Um, bit of all of that it's a little bit of all of that. So there's definitely a lot of residual activity. Um, you know, some of the door opening and closing stuff is is residual. Um, some of the a lot of the footsteps. Cambry always has noises, uh-huh. um, and a lot of that I think is residual. But we definitely have some intelligent haunting there. Um, so in amongst all the paperwork I got when I bought the house, like there was just a ton of historical research that my grandparents did to put the house on the National Register of Historic Places. Mm-hmm. And um, in amongst that, um, there is one of the Cambry children is buried on the property in an unmarked grave. And Oh, my gosh. Like, so there's that. Wow. wow. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, and so first investigation that we did, um, there was a lot of playful childlike activity you know um we'll hear a knock upstairs we'll go to investigate and there'll be a knock downstairs mm-hmm. you know and just kind of like mm-hmm. the hide and seek type stuff um and we were able to confirm through investigating that um eglantine cambry um can you spell that first and- name for eglant egg like Egl- eglantine e-g-l-a-n-t-i oh yeah, Eglantine. I don't know. I, I okay. <laughs> it's okay. such a strange name. It is. Um, yeah, very strange. But um, that one's a first for me. Uh, it was a first for me too, and I had to use like Google Translate to try and figure out how to pronounce yes. it. But I think that's right. and that's I'm a female. It right, that's a female's name. Or... Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I mean, I don't know if it's better if you're a girl or a guy like, with the name it, Eglantine. Does it matter? But... Eglantine is a... well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's unique. Yeah. Yep. I like unique names. It is definitely unique. My, definitely my, unique my next name. cat, Eglant- Eglantine. <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> so, um, so, yeah, confirmed through investigation that she definitely is there haunting the house. And she said, um, and she said that this is her house, like, yeah. Um, this is this, the Cambry house was a happy home. I mean, it was the Cambry family had wonderful, happy memories there. They still do. Like we had, we hosted the Cambry family reunion a few years ago and it was wonderful. They just had oh, so many fantastic. happy oh, memories wow, from great. being there. Yeah. So, um, Eglantine just, this, this is her home. Um, oddly enough though, she passed away before they finished completion of the home it was she passed away in 1864 and the home wasn't finished until 1867 so um Mm. she's been haunting the home for a very long time 
So is is you said in an unmarked grave? Do you know where the grave yes. is? Or you, I do not. Okay. Because um, when you say the, un, the family, grave, obviously, yeah, I, the I, family I, obviously knew where she was at. Sure. Um, but that kind of has been lost through the generations. Like I have suspicions of where she might be, but I don't know for sure. Um, so it's kind of a, an up in the air thing. Yeah. And she had a twin sister that died when she was nine months old. And oh. the Cambry family tells me that the sister is out here too. Um, but I don't know that for sure. Like I definitely have documentation that Eglantine is buried out there. I don't mm-hmm. have documentation of the sister, but. Well, I would think logic would suggest that the. Seems like it. The sister would be out there as well somewhere. Interesting that that they I, kept documentation yeah. for Eglantine, but not the one that, like, you know, the, right. other, the other child. Right. Well, the the other child, is, they had they lived on a farm, um, a little ways away from this oh, one when the other okay. child died, and okay. she was initially buried out there for sure. That's what my paperwork says. Um, the Cambry descendants seem to think that that that, that child was moved when they moved. Okay. Um, but, but my paperwork doesn't say that. And, um, the genealogy that I have was written by, um, Fritz Cambry, which is the son of Adolf. And, um, it was written, I believe in like the forties. So it, 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 I, I, that paperwork states that she's buried in Sonora township. So I really think that that is correct. Yeah. But again, like Cambridge descendants are they're like, no, 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 she was moved. I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know that we'll ever know for sure unless I finally figured out and get some ground penetrating radar out there. Have you ever Everybody's tried like, using oh, get... a witching stick or, or a divining rod? Or what? Yes, and... I've tried. Okay. So it, it sounds really simple. It sounds really simple. Just go out there sure. and get some ground penetrating radar until you realize that I have 30 acres out here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I have 30 acres. Uh, about 10, of, 10 acres is hay field, and she could be in this 10-acre plot area. Uh-huh. Or there's about five or six acres that I mow. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... it's not like a a block in town where you don't have less than an acre to look through. I mean, I've got a lot of property that is going to take some serious If you found her, what would you do? No, I have a solution. I know what you need to do. You need to get a witching stick and give it to your 15-year-old traumatized daughter (laughs) (laughs) who is is already... already sensitive and doesn't and because she would be skeptical but i gotta tell you i had a thing one time we've talked about on the show uh one of my sons had no idea what witching sticks were or anything they were put in his hand and he found something that was he was told to go find at a property he had never been at before so Uh i I think uh you mentioning that your traumatized daughter Sorry, I just, I just keep thinking how I would have been if I was eight years old and forced to do that. I don't know, uh, though. It depends on the kid, but, too. But, but I think you give her a couple of witching idea. stick I, that's rods idea. and say, see if you can find. And I swear, I bet you I, I'm, I'm uh, going to put 50 bucks on it that she finds it. 
So there there you that's go. an idea. Okay, <laughs> just go outside by yourself. Right. Go out there and find her grave. Here's two copper wires. Well, you, you can go with her, and it can be bright. You know, you're bright you're allowed daylight. to go, Rebecca. <laughs> it could be it could be broad daylight, but it's uh, sometimes the putting something like that, a tool like that, in a skeptic that has the vibe, if you will, yeah. has the sensitivity. Yeah might be able to find something mark he yeah. has fun playing the skeptic and he is a skeptic but he's definitely experienced things here that that i cannot explain there's there i know there's i'm a skeptic but i know that there's something out there because i have seen stuff in my life and things here at the uh this farmhouse that i cannot explain yeah. and and other things that we've had on past shows that's what we tell everyone you have to listen to all of our shows that's right because so you might miss know. something <laughs> So, so you're yeah. talking about, you have all sorts of events you've had the, and, and to me, if, do, do you think it's just the one child haunting or do you think there's other no, things going I, on? Yeah, no, there's definitely other things going on. Um, so Eglantine was the first one that we discovered. And then we were definitely getting a male presence upstairs. Um, this upstairs back bedroom, we, we've always um, we're get, picking up on a male presence, you know, you ask, you know, is this a male or female? And we always get this male and he wasn't super interactive and it took us forever to kind of like piece together who it was. Um, and I now am positive it is Fritz Cambry. So Fritz is the one who wrote the genealogy. Um, and Fritz basically lived his entire life on the farm. So Adolf and Hortense built the home. And then Fritz and Anita took over running the farm. Um, Fritz and Anita were siblings. Um, they never married. They never had children of their own. Um, wow. And they lived their entire lives out on the farm. And Anita passed away in the home of natural causes. And then Fritz decided he was going to retire. So he sells the farm to his nephew, Robert, the Presbyterian minister, mm-hmm. and decides that he's going to travel the world. You know, he has... He's retired now. He's always wanted to visit his nieces and nephews across the country. And so he goes on this trip. And apparently he stopped back by the house a few times, and he is very upset with Robert. Robert's not taking care of things the way he thinks they should. I've been told that Fritz kept everything immaculate. It looked like a park mm. when Fritz found it. Now, Robert is a Presbyterian minister and not a farmer, of course. And... Uh-huh. Um, he never mowed the backyard the entire time he owned the property. Because you're supposed to mow, mow, Mark. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He never mowed the backyard at all. Um, He only mowed a strip up front. He didn't take care of the apple trees. Like, it it was just, you know, he was a minister and not a farmer. And so he he didn't, I'm not going to say he let the place go exactly, but he didn't take as good of care of it as Fritz did. Yeah. And so Fritz is very upset. He, he is not happy with the way Robert's taking care of things. He writes numerous letters to nieces and nephews, you know, complaining about Robert. Just, he said, it doesn't look like five cents now. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so anyway, he gets out to California visiting nephews out there and he found out he had a terminal illness and he ended up committing suicide in California. Wow. Um, what part so, of California? Or do you um, know? Orange County. Orange okay. County, California. Not too far from us. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out where he is buried at exactly. Um, he passed away in the 
uh, late 40s, so from suicide. So that was kind of one of those time periods where they didn't really um, feel comfortable with that type of situation at all. And right. so they kind of brushed that away. Okay. So I don't even know for sure exactly where he's buried out there. Do you have um, um, access to genealogy uh, I think it's called genealogy yeah. bank. Oh, you do. Okay, so you've done that. I'm like, I'll yeah. I'll dive yeah, down I'm... that rabbit hole for you, girl. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I'll send you some information. And you can try and figure it out. Because I, I like it. all I have really is that it's Orange County. I have some. We you might know, be vague... taking a field trip, Mark, for the yeah, show. Yeah, I was gonna say if you can, if we can narrow it down, we'll go out and we'll uh, absolutely. We'll, oh, that'd be we'll, great. We'll yeah, because because my daughter, she's like, let's just go to California, mom. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> So go, gonna go to California and look for a headstone or you know something. what maybe she's getting the yeah feeling yeah we're that just gonna walk around it. Orange County and see if we find the grave I'm yeah. telling you put a couple <laughs> copper rods in her hands and she'd be able to douse it and, and find then just out tell where her to start is. walking that's right <laughs> yeah so anyway we've had this male presence upstairs and and the male presence upstairs is very particular about things like when we move stuff um, he gets upset. And he, he does not like my mother. Uh, my mother is very much alive. Um, and she comes over to help out and she will rearrange furniture. She changed out my curtains without asking. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, oh. She just comes in and like, kind of like a bull in a China shop uh-huh. helping me out. Yeah. And it, it, like, uh, so she gets locked out constantly. Like that, my key opens the door regularly. Like I get in the house, no problem. My key opens the door. Yeah. My mother's key will never open the door. Like even if I hand her my keys, wow. even if I hand her my keys and tell her to go, she the the door rarely opens for her. In, in so much so that like we don't even try it now. Yeah. Wow. And um, like the one day that really became apparent, she had been by herself there cleaning. And I think it was the day she decided she didn't like my throw pillows and threw them away. Oh my and God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she helps. And I don't like to, you know, no, say that I, I, I don't understand. appreciate her help. Yes, yes. I have a, I'll <laughs> so just, I, a little quick little side note. I was in the hospital yeah. a few years ago and my mother and sister decided when I got out of the hospital that they were gonna that it would be too weak to be like going to the upstairs which is where the master bedroom is at um for all you creepers uh-huh. that want to come in and break in and kill me you just go upstairs <laughs> and you'll find me so anyway so yes they take my um chaise lounge and put it in the garage and buy a bed and put a bed in my parlor downstairs which is still there by the way so on one yeah. hand i'm so ever so grateful because I know their hearts were in the right place. But on the other hand, I'm like, I've still got a bed in my parlor. It's a bedroom now. And it was, I didn't want it to be. So I feel you right? here. You I feel this. you. Yes. yes. And and every time when you so, say my mom is here, it, you wanted to help. I'm imagining you doing air quotes <laughs> each time you say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. There are some air quotes. And, and she is helpful. Like I said, she was on this particular day. She was cleaning for me and, um, She forgot something in her car, so she walks out to her car, and the front door shut behind her and then locked. Wow. Well. Wow. And then she was locked out of the house. Interesting. I wonder what that's about. Huh. I I personally think it's Fritz. I think she just annoys Fritz. 
to to no end. Like he yeah. he likes things the way they are. Right. Um. He just. He does. He does not like his furniture being moved. He he just he is particular yeah. about things still. And you know, one of the other things I like to point out is like all the window panes in my home are the original hand blown glass. Okay. Wow. Like the, it's the wavy hand blown glass from Love when it. the home was built. I mean, with, with a few panes exception, but for the most part, this is all the original glass work. And this home has not been lived in since 1978. Wow, that's so crazy to me. Out in the mid- out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know how you, know, you, and... you see these on, on these old home sites that I love to follow. And you see these old homes that are like just in decay and they're beautiful still. And I'm and it's just so odd to me that there aren't more people like us who are like, I see a diamond in the rough. And it can't just right. be it can't be like this, but it is. Nowhere near us, unfortunately, because yeah. I'd be crawling around those properties all the time, all the time. But we don't right. have it here Yeah, much. but I mean, like, it, it just seems like Cambry has a protection over it, you know, like, uh-huh. Fritz, Fritz is still taking care of the property. I still, I, I really think Fritz is, you know, making sure the house is taken care of, <laughs> you know. I love that. In the afterlife, you know, he, he just makes sure it's all taken care of because, um like when we were trying to get stories of, you know, like, do you have any haunted stories of a Cambry house? Yes. <laughs> um, that w- we got uh, only a couple. Mm-hmm. And both of them were about um, somebody coming out to the house when they shouldn't be there. And um, the one person said he was out there to cause some mischief. And as he came up the lane to the house and he parked and he was getting ready to walk up to the house. He saw somebody walk out the front door, walk through the front door oh, and, well. and, and, and come towards him and then kind of dissipate. And it just scared him and he got in his car and left. Wow. Um, we all need one of those. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like the ghost scared him off and he, he knew it was a ghost and he hightailed it. Um, and then another one that I'd heard was they, they drove by the home and they saw a native American in the front yard and they really thought somebody was filming a movie there. Um, um because it was, um, it looked like a native American native one cloth, all the whole uh-huh. shebang and this standing by the front gate. And they thought, well, that's really kind of strange. And they mentioned to my grandfather that they'd seen this. And he said, oh, yeah, that's just a ghost. (laughs) That's the one time that they've ever not heard that they ever said there was a ghost. Hmm. It was that one time. Yeah. How interesting. Do you think that maybe they didn't? Well, no, because your mom would be aware. I wonder if they didn't want to talk about it, even though maybe between the two of them, they were like, yeah, maybe there's something here. Because they didn't want to acknowledge it that's and one of those, frighten That's one of people. those things I really wish I could go back and ask them that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, did, did you ever have? <laughs> right. I really, I really wish that I could go back and ask them that question, because that would be the one I would really like the answer to. Now, you say that you but, have ghost tours. Have you ever, yes. uh, when you're giving someone a tour, have you ever had something happen specifically when a ghost tour is going on? Yes. So um, the, our ghost tours that we have are kind of like a, 
uh, ghost hunting 101. So I have a paranormal team there. They bring their equipment, and we, I give them the history of the location, and then they look for ghosts. So they, they have all the paranormal stuff that you see on TV, right. K2s, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And we almost always have an experience. It's been um, really exciting <laughs> to, to, have, to be able to share a paranormal experience with people. But, um, like, just all kinds of different things. One of my favorites is um, we had this tour group that came in, and I always start them in the barn. We sit down and we talk about the history of the location and stuff like that. Um, and so this guy goes and he goes to sit down on the bench and his wedding ring falls off in the barn. And immediately I am just like, oh my gosh, he's going to lose this ring in the barn. Right. Um, you know, kind of this momentary panic of, oh my gosh, he lost his ring and in, in the barn, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, but he immediately finds it, picks it up and puts it on. This whole thing takes like maybe 30 seconds. Ring falls off, picks it up, puts it on. You know, I have that momentary, oh, my, uh-huh. and, oh, okay, it's fine. You know, yeah. the whole tour group saw this, but nobody really commented on it other than saying, oh, I'm glad you found that, right. <laughs> you know. And so we, we finished the history portion. They go in the house. Um, they're doing the investigation in the house. And at one point, the paranormal team's upstairs with um, a spirit box running, um, and if you're spirit box, if you're not familiar with it, is a lot of static and occasionally random words. Yeah, um, we, we, so, we've had that here at the manor. Yeah. Ob, it's a obvious. Gotcha. Well, yeah. well yes. I've, and I've looked into, by the way, making our own spirit box. You know, getting an uh-huh. older radio and all that. So that's going to have to be something that Mark does because. Yeah, he's just he's just got a better yeah. mind for that kind of thing yeah. than I do. And, and we've so we've talked about that kind of device on the show, so our listeners should be familiar with it. So you had one of those running upstairs. Yeah, so it's running upstairs. The paranormal team is upstairs, and at one point, the the guy who lost his ring goes downstairs to go to the bathroom, and then he comes back up the stairs. And just as he gets to the top of the stairs, the spirit box says "ring." Oh. clear as day the entire yeah. tour group goes oh my gosh <laughs> and the paranormal team is sitting there going what 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 and what <laughs> they, are the, and what are the odds and what are the odds yeah. Yeah, exactly because the paranormal team nobody had mentioned it to the paranormal team it was something that was so insignificant and nobody had even thought to mention it because right. it yeah but the minute it said that so clear the entire group knew exactly what, what they wow. were saying. And I, yeah, I don't know how, you know, the, if the ghost from in the barn went with them or if they <laughs> right. talked about it, I don't know. I, I, it's so fascinating to me to think of like, how did, how did that information go from the barn to the house? And right. Are they, know. are they overseeing? Th- these are the questions that I have on some of the things that have happened. Are they overseeing a big portion of everything? And, you know, kind of like the uh, traditional gods up in the sky and they can reach down or throw their voice down or, you know, put the energy down to say that. I, I don't know how that works. I don't know what it is. But that yeah, is, I don't know. That, that, I don't know. that is pretty yeah. amazing, though. My, I'll tell you. Yeah, my, it, it's just fascinating. My thoughts on those. Um, well, I mean, there's the there's the spirit box, which is, I think, the one that like is scanning the airwaves. Right. I think. Yes. 
Uh-huh. And then there's the obelisk, yes. which I think is just a program. It's a program and it has a yeah. lot of words in it. Yeah. But we've experienced something that there is no explanation. And it's pretty much like what you're talking about, the timing of it calling out Mark's name. Yeah, this one actually <laughs> called out my name. And he was like, this oh, was wow. early on at my house and a friend had brought one to the house. But um, he was like, oh, you can't, what is that? You can't even trust that sort of thing. And I'm like, no, let's go look at it. It's talking a lot. And it's been here at my house a week since the the guy that was staying at the house when we, yeah. And he's walking behind me. We, we, we've we've just, told this story, not only to friends. Bitching and, and, the whole time. Right? Just like, you can't going, trust This her is her. not a thing. This is not a thing. I said, but just in case you walk in front of me. And so she's walking in front of me. We're walking towards the thing that keeps going, you know, making stuff. And all of a sudden right. it says, Mark, approach. Which he was. But then he stopped. It yeah. said, Mark, approach. Was I, and I was like, what? And then, so, I, and then I peed a little. So we get right? it. Right? Exactly. No, not then. Right now. <laughs> we get it. Because yeah, it, I don't. It's one of those things. Right. You know, when it's spinning out all this gobbledygook and yes. you're like, ah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of static. And then when you hear that clear word, yep. it's like. Wow. And it's relevant and, and to what's going on. That's relevant. It's yeah. just amazing. And yeah, so that that one that one was a memorable one just because it was so random and so clear. And then the whole idea of like it happened in the barn. How did they know it happened in the house? And wow. um, one of my other favorite ones from a ghost tour, um, they were going into Fritz's room. And so there's like about there's about eight people and they all file into the room and they're all kind of standing around the edge of the room and the one woman is holding a k2 meter and um she's kind of watching it and so she kind of she files in and she's standing by a woman and and she's like looking down at the k2 and k2 starts going off and she's like oh my goodness it's going off and so she turns to look at the person next to her to say hey did you see this and there is no one standing next to her okay and that was <laughs> yeah she was very shook I, just the whole you know she like she wasn't she was looking down but she knew somebody was standing next to her but then when she looks up and there's no one there it, oh my it's gosh just, don't you yeah. uh, so i think that um for because we have a healthy mix of believers and people who are like oh, i want to believe and then people who are like very much skeptics and which I have a huge respect for that. And I just got to say, until you've experienced this sort of thing, it's just really hard to understand why, why then you're just more open to the possibility that mm, there's just not an explanation. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's and me being the skeptic. If, if even we had, we had something uh, earlier on our show, a few episodes back that changed my life on this stuff. That if even when I'm going to tell some of my best friends about it, I'm sure my best friends are still going to go. Yeah, I'm sure you believe that, but you know, but because I oh, experienced, you it, know, and and, there's, like, and then there's what? times where like like you have something happen and you're like, oh my gosh, this happened and it was so amazing and I I can't, you know, and you tell the story and you expect people to go, oh my gosh, and they're yeah. like, no, right, uh, yeah, like I, I have a video on my TikTok account right now. Uh -huh. where I caught the attic door opening and closing. It's like opening and closing and then it slams in the video. Like 
Wow. You know, and yeah. I, and I was in alone in the house. I'm like, I'm, I'm the only person <laughs> in the house at this point. And I'm videoing it, which I, you know, I had been downstairs and I heard the door open and close. And I had, uh, for some reason, I thought like a window was open up there. Yeah. And then it finally dawned on me that, no, there are no windows and I am alone. And that door is still, I still hear it. And so I went upstairs and videoed it. And, you know, confirmed that, you know, there, there was no, it has never done that before or since. And uh, I caught it on video and I was so excited and I put it up on TikTok and like the comments are, yeah, the person in the closet did that. Yeah. Right. <sighs> yep. Wow. You know, I, I, I totally opened understand. the door first do. to verify that there wasn't anybody. I don't know. You know, people are always going to be skeptical. They and are. It, you know, Yeah. Which is, which is okay. Do you know what? I do think it's healthier to be a skeptic than, and I'm not going to call out any particular ghost shows, but there are some where everything is a spirit and a demon and everything is haunted. And I don't believe that. I believe the refrigerator things, kicks on. The refrigerator right. kicks on. The and ice like, drops oh into gosh, the ice thing. It's haunted. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, so unfortunately, it kind of sullies the whole paranormal field when you have people right. who are looking for the woo-woo aspect. Um, and sometimes it's the really subtle things that you can't explain. Yeah. The quiet moments when other, as far as I know, you and I and other people who have uh, spirits in, in um the, the certain location there could be things happening all the time but most of the time we're so busy unless somebody went and like you know dropped something on your head you would might not even notice that something just happened you know that well that was over right. there and, and now and it's I get, over here get, i get wedding couples that ask me that question like you know am i going to see something and i'm like if you're looking for it you might yeah but right. if you're here with a large group for your wedding yep uh, and you're not paying attention, you probably won't notice anything. I agree you with know? that. And, yeah. and there's nothing if, wrong with that. If you're not looking for, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, if you don't want to have an experience and you're worried about it, you know, you're more than likely probably not going to have something happen. It, it's, or or if something like that happens, you know, like the attic door, they're going to think somebody else opened it. If it Right. And and not really think much of it. Well, Rebecca, you've mentioned your TikTok and that you uh, have a wedding venue. Now's the promo yes. time for you to promote your and tell us <laughs> tell us how people can reach you, how they can find out more about the venue and your TikTok and all that stuff. Give us give us all your social sure. stuff. So so it's Cambry House Everywhere. So C A M B R E. So it's Cambryhouse.com. I'm Cambry House on TikTok. Um, Cambry period house on Instagram, Cambry house on Facebook. At this point, if you type in Cambry um, and Illinois into your search engine, I should be hop up somewhere. Well, okay. good. Well, we appreciate you coming on today. You've told us some wonderful stories. Trust and, me, I'll be in touch. I'm going to start the hunt. I'm going to see if we can yeah, maybe We want to see if we can help you out. Yeah, and find, I'll send you some inform information on, on that grave because I really would like to find it. And I do not think it is going to be as simple as flying to Orange County and walking around. Right, <laughs> right. I'm closer. So let me do a little bit of the legwork You need to believe you. more like I do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank, let, thank let me you. do a little bit of the legwork, and I'll be in touch. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca Williamson from Cam Cambry? Cambry House. Cambry House. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yes, thank you.
Well, Janet, I thought that was a fantastic guest to have on. That was great. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> loved the stories. Great. Loved yes. the history. I wish, I honestly, I wish we lived closer. I do too. So that we could uh, go visit the place and, you know, hang out. Do our own ghost hunting I, there. I think it would be fun to <laughs> hang out. Yeah, yeah. We can we can relate with a lot of uh, of the experiences that Rebecca has had. Right. Both with a historical property and yeah. What do you guys What do you guys think? Uh, do you think What do you think of her stories and everything? Obviously, I'm I've my eyes have been opened a little bit recently, mm -hmm. so I believe a lot of the stuff that she said. Yeah. I like that she seems to be a little bit skeptical as well. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Let us know. You can weigh in the usual places. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Snack a Little. And we love it when you give us a call. You can call in the dedicated listener line. The number is 909-572-0278. I'll be posting all of the links. And how about, can go. how about those Nutter Butter cookies? Have you guys tried the, the current fudge cookie covered? Give that a try and dip Girl it. Girl Scout cookie ripoff Nutter Butters. Dip it. 